Life Audio. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? Or have you been in a season where it feels like He's completely silent? Have you been praying for a way to learn how to hear His voice more clearly? Hey friends, I'm Rachel, host of the Hearing Jesus Podcast. If you are ready to grow in your faith and to confidently step into your identity in Christ, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today we are finishing up our series that we've been doing, working through the Sermon on the Mount from Matthew chapter 7, and we're finishing up the rest of this chapter. And if you're just joining us, I would encourage you to go back and listen to the last couple of days so that you have a better understanding of the natural progression of this series. And again, the Sermon on the Mount is a discipleship session, essentially, that Jesus did with his disciples sitting on a hillside outside the city of Galilee. So we are listening in as Jesus speaks to the disciples and helps them understand what it means to live in the kingdom. So I'm reading from the New American Standard Version of the Bible, and I'm reading from Matthew chapter 7, starting at verse 12. In everything, therefore, treat people the same way you want them to treat you, for this is the law and the prophets. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who enter through it. For the gate is narrow and the way is constricted that leads to life, and there are few who find it. Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles, are they? So every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then you will know them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father, who is in heaven, will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Leave me, you who practice lawlessness. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house, and yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house, and it fell, and its collapse was great. When Jesus had finished these words, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. Now, by this scene, it's no longer just the disciples, but a crowd had gathered. And again, this is basically being discipled by Jesus, because what he's doing is he's unpacking what we learn in the Torah and helping them understand what it actually means. And in verse 12, I just want to point out something that I think that many of us probably know of, we've heard of, but I want to just unpack it a little bit more. It says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Now that, of course, is called the golden rule. Most people are familiar with that. But what Jesus is doing is he's calling his followers to a new way of life. Typically, as human beings, we are self-focused. 
that's a natural part of our humanity. And it's part of the reason why we need Jesus in the first place. But yet the call to follow Jesus is radical and he's calling them to now be others focused. And so this is now becoming the model for the disciples behavior. So when he says this is the law and the prophets, what he's saying is that it's a simplified way of living out what they have learned in the Torah. So Jesus has just spent the last couple of chapters explaining what it means to live out these teachings, and now he's summing it up for them. Again, this is evidence that Jesus is not doing away with the law. People then thought that that was the case, and sometimes people now think that. They don't value the Old Testament. But what he is saying is this is a summarizing of the Torah for us. There was actually some rabbinic literature at that time frame that would say something similar. It says, that is the whole Torah. The rest is commentary. Go and learn. So as Jesus summarizes the Torah for us, basically we love God, we love people, and we treat others how we want to be treated. That is what the Torah, the Old Testament, the, the law, the prophets say, the rest is just commentary. I think that is so helpful for me when I'm feeling overwhelmed by all the law in the Old Testament, but yet essentially this is the bedrock of even that information. Then moving on, I want to talk a little bit about how it mentions false prophets. You know, Jesus is warning here against leaders who seem like they're harmless, but are actually false prophets or ravenous wolves, which means if Jesus is warning about it, it happens. And this was a common warning in the Old Testament. And we see that throughout the Old Testament, in fact, because there were oftentimes people that would try to lead the people of Israel astray. And they would do so by speaking on behalf of God. But really, it was their own agenda that they were speaking about. And so this idea of a wolf in sheep's clothing becomes the basis of two letters that Paul will later write as a warning to the leaders in the Church of Ephesus and the Church of Philadelphia. That's the book of Ephesians and the book of Philippians. So how do we know? How do we know if somebody is a wolf in sheep's clothing? Well, what this passage says is we inspect the fruit. You know, there was a time in my life where I had, did not have a lot of money, but I really wanted to order a peach tree. And so we found a company that had them. They were known to grow in our area because we live in the north. So we need a certain kind of peach tree. It was a heritage organic peach tree and we saved up and that was my birthday gift that year. And so we ordered that peach tree and we planted it. And of course, the first year or two, not much happens, especially if you're planting small trees. But eventually what happened is something started to not add up. And what we realized was that we did not, in fact, have a peach tree, but we had an apple tree. I know it wasn't a peach tree because it was clearly producing apples. And in the same way, a false prophet will be revealed by the fruit that they bear. And in the Old Testament, the way they did this was by watching what happened with the people. A false prophet would lead people away from God or to follow false gods or even to follow themselves. But a good tree, a healthy tree is going to produce good fruit and draw people closer to God, whereas a bad tree is going to produce bad fruit and lead people away. You know, I think in this season that we've seen in the last couple of years, especially in the post-COVID era that we're in, is we've seen a lot of pastors, well-known pastors fall from grace. I think it's because there's been this tendency for them to build their platforms over building the kingdom. And so while there are people who will essentially be bearing somewhat good fruit, 
it is oftentimes temporary. And if you look at that person over a consistent period of time, that that good fruit is not necessarily what we think it is. Let me, let me explain further. In verse 21 through 23, it says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Leave me, you who practice lawlessness. So when we're talking about fruit, the good fruit is not a prophetic word or even miracles, healings that he's talking about. Clearly, because Jesus himself says they did those things, but that's not the fruit. What he's talking about instead is things like the fruit of the spirit has revealed in our lives. So things like having a faithful marriage or being able to pray for your enemies or being patient and kind or giving to the poor or having a heart for reconciliation. Those are things that are fruit of the spirit. They are evidence of the spirit working inside. And so sometimes people get caught up by this, especially when it comes to the gifts. They'll say, well, that pastor prays in tongues and he gave me a prophetic word that was right in line with my life. And I saw him pray over somebody to get healed. So he must be the man of God. Well, what Jesus is saying is that's not the evidence. That's not the fruit. That stuff may happen. But the evidence is, are they pointing people to themselves or are they pointing people to the kingdom, to God? Are they pointing people to their own platforms or are they pointing people to Jesus? See, the evidence of a spirit-filled life is not necessarily praying in tongues. And while most people that are spirit-filled will pray in tongues, that's not the evidence. And that's honestly what a lot of people say. But what Jesus is saying is an evidence of a spirit-filled life is being filled by the Spirit of God. There are some who live a rotten life for themselves. They're just evil, but they can still cast out demons in the name of Jesus. Instead, what we want to look for is the fruit. And that fruit may not be the supernatural kind. That fruit might be faithfulness, pointing people to Jesus, a longtime steward. Now, I'm not saying this to say I'm in opposition of the gifts. I'm absolutely not. I still believe in the present day ministry of the Holy Spirit and the operation of the gifts. But what I am saying is just because somebody operates in the gifts does not mean that they're exhibiting good fruit. We have to look at the heart. We have to look at the motivation. What is that person pointing people towards themselves, to the enemy, or to God? That's how we test those things. And then finally, in verses 24 through 26, I want to just touch on building the house upon the rock. It says a wise man builds his house upon the rock. See, building techniques in that time were familiar to Jesus because he was a son of a carpenter. And if we think about this in terms of where they were at, we know at the time frame there was alluvial sand around Galilee. And what alluvial sand is, is it's a mix of sand and silt and clay and it can get packed down really, really hard. And that was surrounding the seashore around the Sea of Galilee. And so in the summertime, it would get packed down so hard in the heat of summer that it looked like rock. But a wise builder, one that was using wisdom, would dig down sometimes as much as 10 feet until they hit the bedrock before they would build. Because then later what would happen in the wintertime, the rains would come, and then the banks of the Jordan River would overflow as the water headed towards the sea. And when that water would overflow, 
houses that were built on that alluvial sand would be destroyed because their foundation was built on this unstable layer. But the houses that were built on the bedrock would be able to withstand the floods. They actually did excavations in the 70s in that region, and they found that the bedrock at that time frame and also what was used for building foundations at that time frame was basalt stone. And basalt is formed when lava cools really quickly, and it forms this really dense rock. I've not been to Israel, but I have been to Rome, and basalt is what the Roman Empire used, and I personally have walked on it. The Appian Way I walked on, which is made out of basalt, and that is where Jesus appeared to Peter in a dream. And also the Apostle Paul walked along the Appian Way as he was being led into Rome as a prisoner. It's still there. I walked along the Appian Way. It's still in very good condition. It is very hard. It is not like our roads that we see here in Pennsylvania. It has been there for thousands of years, and it probably is not going anywhere for thousands of years. I will actually put some pictures of that, of me and my husband on the Appian Way. You can see what that rock looks like in our Patreon resources page, so you can see that if you like. But basically what Jesus is doing in this section is he's using this parable to essentially summarize the Sermon on the Mount. And we've been listening to that over the last couple of days, probably even, I think, two weeks now we've been listening to this. And I just want to make the point and clarify what Jesus is saying at this point as he's talking about this parable. Hearing the words of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount is not enough. And I think even the message of the Hearing Jesus podcast is hearing the words is not enough. It's obeying them. It's about internalizing them and making them relevant to your everyday life. That's that wise course that leads to life. So as we go back and reread, think about some of those insights, and I pray that they resonate with your heart. So again, this is Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 12. It says, In everything, therefore, treat people the same way you want them to treat you, for this is the law and the prophets. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who enter through it, for the gate is narrow and the way is constricted that leads to life, and there are few who find it. Beware the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles, are they? So every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then you will know them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, do we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Leave me, those who practice lawlessness. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against the house. And yet it did not fall for it had been founded on the rock and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house and it fell and its collapse was great. When Jesus had finished these words, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. Father God, we thank you so much for everything that is revealed in this passage. And as we learn what it's like to build our house upon the rock, God, would you reveal to us what that means even in our own lives? Would you help us to understand what it means to build our lives on you 
that our foundation of sand would would just crumble as we learn to dig down deep to that bedrock. God, I thank you for what a clear picture that is to seek after you and to live a life that is focused on you and your will and your plan. God, I pray for my friend today that you would just overwhelm them with how much you love them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, friends, we'll talk tomorrow. Hey, friends, as we lean into a new month and we continue to learn and grow together, there's a couple resources I want to make sure you know about so you can take advantage of. The first is our Patreon page, and the link for that is in the show notes. And on the Patreon page, we have a couple things. We have a dedicated space that is for discussion, for asking questions. You get easy access to me where we talk about things. We hold each other accountable. There are resources that go with the show, like a journaling prompt worksheet download for every single adult show. We also have family discussion guides. And what's really been neat about those is that on the kids show every day, I talk about the same content that's on the adult show, just taught in a way that kids can understand. Then the family discussion guides create an environment for you to process that information with your children. You can use that at the dinner table or even as part of your devotional routine. There's some suggested prayer and activities and things to help you connect that content to the appropriate age for your children. So all of that is on the Patreon. Also, there's some prophetic words, extra videos, transcripts, all those kinds of things. The second is on our website. If you go to shehears.org, there's a shop resources page that has my Bible studies that I've written, links to different journaling Bibles, note-taking Bibles, all sorts of resources to help you grow. And then also on our website, we have the coaching section. If you are finding that you need some spiritual direction or life coaching, that is available for you as well. And that's really good to help you process what you're learning. If you're feeling stuck, if you need to work through something, if something just isn't sitting right, or if you want to teach this content and you need to help develop a plan, I'm available to help you do that as well. Again, all of these are resources to help you grow in your spiritual life and hear God's voice more clearly. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you in your walk with God, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, bonus content, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you. Know that you are so loved. Keep going. Keep going.